we're in this very virtual world nowadays. We shouldn't be saying, I want to hire somebody in Cambridge because you're in Cambridge. It should be, I want to hire the best person for this job, period. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and I am so excited about who we have on the show today. Chris Ducker is a serial entrepreneur and author of the bestsellers Virtual Freedom and more recently, Rise of the Youpreneur. Based in Cambridge, England, he owns and operates several businesses that combined house over 450 full-time employees internationally. He's also a trusted international business mentor, keynote speaker, podcaster, blogger, as well as the founder of Youpreneur.com, the leading personal brand business education company in the world. Chris hosts the annual Youpreneur Summit, which is held in London each November, and he is the self-proclaimed proudest Brit doing business online. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I feel like I don't want to let you down now after that introduction. That's fantastic. Something tells me you're, you're going to live up to it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can do the Brit thing for sure. I don't know about everything so we'll, else. <laughs> so we'll, we'll definitely make sure that we weave proudest Brit thematically into this show as, as frequently. <laughs> so I, I, I've been excited about this episode for a while, and, and we're going to talk about some of your books, uh, Virtual Freedom in particular. I, I mentioned to you when we met in person, I loved that book and it had such a profound impact on how I'm able to run this podcast. But a lot of people are probably going to be very interested in finding out the Chris Ducker story. So you know, you're the leading marketing brand expert in the world and, and the proudest Brit in the world. So were you born that way? Did you just kind of at an early age know that you know being able to sell things and being able to frame perspective was something you were just always good at. How did you get into this? I mean, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know whether I was born to do what I do. Um, that might, I mean, I'm no Michael Jordan, right? Uh, I'm no Bruce Lee, you know what I mean? But I, I think that I, I think from a very early age, it was quite clear that I was not going to be in employment for very long. Not because I was a bad employee. I mean, with, with the th only three jobs I ever had in my life, I excelled, did very well, won awards, made lots of money, helped you know companies make lots of cash in return. But I think, yeah, it became pretty obvious to me, probably in my early teens, where we started doing what we call here car boot sales. I think in the US, the garage sale is kind of about as close to the equivalent as you can get except for you do literally sell your junk out of your garages and people come to your home and buy them in your driveway. Here in the UK, the car boot sale is sort of everybody just slams all the stuff in the back of their car 
Um, you call it the trunk, we call it the boot. And then we go to sort of big playing fields or car parks and this sort of type of places, usually during the spring and the summer because it gets quite cold here, obviously, at other times of the year. And um, we'll set, you know, we'll pull out a little table, we'll put it up, we'll sell it all to other people. Um, and that was kind of my first, I think I was about 12 or 13 when I started doing that with my dad. And it only took about one or two of those Sunday mornings to kind of sell everything that we want. We had just moved house and there was a lot of stuff left over and we didn't want it all. My mother wanted it out of the house. Uh, and my father being the thrifty guy that he was, didn't want to just chuck it or give it away. So we had to sell it. And so it only took one or two weeks for us to literally sell everything. Um, and we actually made some pretty good money doing it. We had a bit of fun doing it between the two of us as well. So then I said to my dad, dad, here's an idea. We don't have much stuff left here. Why don't, why don't I just go around and buy other people's stuff? And then we'll bring it back and we'll put a little bit of a, a, you know, a price tag on it, a bit of a profit on the individual items and we can make more money. And so we said, okay, fine. There's 20 pounds. That's your budget. Go out and buy whatever you can with 20 pounds and bring it back and let's see what we can turn it into. And uh, I ended up buying a whole bunch of bits and pieces. I can't even remember what it was, to be honest with you. But I do remember that we doubled the money. We made just over £40 off a £20 investment. I thought, this is great. So clearly early on in life, I had the ability to be able to sell and negotiate. And I think that is really at the core of what we do as entrepreneurs. That fundamentally is what we do. You know, we, we, we market and sell and solve problems. And that's fundamentally what we do at the core. So yeah, it was pretty, pretty obvious pretty early on, but I don't think I was born to do it. But I think the big thing here is that I realized that that was part of me and I didn't swipe it to one side. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, I like this. This is kind of cool. Let's go into this. And I mean, I quit college uh, after six months. My dad didn't talk to me for almost three months um, and uh, because of it, but I quit, got into the sales world and um, everything's turned out okay. I can't. I would, so there you go. I would say so. Were there any particular mentors along the way? Once you made the decision that you weren't going to go to college, you got into sales. Were there mentors that helped elevate the next part of your journey? You know, the funny, the funny thing is, and as we record this now, in about forty minutes or so from now, I'll be talking to Tom Ziegler, who is the son of the late great Zig Ziegler. And I would say, probably looking back on it, Zig was probably my first mentor, which coming from, at that point, a 15-year-old London boy in Wimbledon, listening to this guy from the South in America on audio cassettes, that, that wasn't normal. Like my, I was the only person I knew at that time in my life that even knew who Zig Ziglar was, let alone listen to any kind of motivational self-help sort of type of content or reading that kind of content. But yeah, I, I think probably Zig is, is, it pretty much was the first mentor. And obviously virtually, I never got the chance to speak to him, meet him or anything like that. But I still consume Zig on a weekly basis in some way, shape or form. Now I've got all of his books. I've listened to his you know, recordings regularly. Um, I watch his videos regularly. You know, it's funny, that stuff was created so, so long ago, yet it's still so incredibly bang on when you think about it. And I think we can get lost in learning quite a bit. And there's so many different, you know, there's so many different 
shiny objects for us to be able to grab a hold of in terms of how to learn or who to learn from. But I think it's it really comes down to finding someone that you kind of have some sort of a connection with and kind of developing that relationship, whether they know about it or not, because Zig didn't know me, but there was something about the way he talked, the way he sounded, the way he, you know, wrote his words and everything. I just, it, for me, it was, it was, it was an instant attraction. So Zig, definitely, there was another guy called Graham Bond, uh, no relation to 007, ask. Uh, but still, <laughs> I know, but still just as cool and suave, I must say. Graham uh, was an ex-army guy, actually, and I worked for him at a publishing company in London. And uh, he was very sort of a student. Talk like that quite a bit. You know, sort of see your own reflection in your shoes, ducker. Otherwise, don't come to work. You know, that sort of type of thing. Um, and he really, he he was my sales mentor. He taught me everything and anything I know about selling and, and uh, relationship building at the core of it. And um, he, he passed away many years ago. I still miss him and think about him very, very greatly. He was a massive influence on me. So I think between those two gents, they, they pretty much helped mold me and, and shape me. Yeah, fantastic. And, and something you said that was pretty interesting. Uh, I had a couple thoughts, and particularly you're talking about Zig Ziglar, is that this was somebody that had such a pro- profound impact on you that you never met, actually. And and the other thing is just in this internet age, you know, everybody's got a book, everybody's got a website, and there's kind of this information overload. I, I often hear people and talk like it's a badge of courage that they read you know, 5,000 books in a year or something crazy when, how do you process that? Like you really, you really can't process and learn if all you're doing is just kind of garbage in, garbage out. So, you know, yeah. thinking about how you described it, connecting with one mentor, whether it's virtual or not, made a lot of sense to me. So speaking of virtual, I, I want to talk about your first book and, and some of your businesses, uh, Virtual Freedom. As I, as I mentioned in the intro, I, I read that book, uh, probably in 2015 and have implemented a lot of the principles in that into what I'm doing with the Daily Helping. Talk about, uh, about the premise of virtual freedom and what was your inspiration for writing that book? Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, the, the book is fundamental. It's still to this day fundamentally referred to as the Bible of remote team building. And I don't take that you know, lightly in any way whatsoever. That's a massive compliment. Uh, we're getting very close to a thousand five-star reviews on Amazon now, which is just insane to think that I would have that many five-star reviews. If, if you'd have asked me that we'd have sold as many, I don't think, I don't think off the top of my head, I know how many we've sold currently because it was traditionally published. I only get, you know, biannual um, royalty statements. It's been a while since I've looked at one. I, I think we must be getting close to about 75,000 copies across all formats of that book sold, which is just insane. But it was written because there was a gap in the marketplace to help entrepreneurs understand not only the importance of delegation, but then the attractiveness and the, you know, the, the, the sheer advantage of, of delegating remotely and understanding that you don't need to hire people in your backyard to get stuff done. Like, in fact, actually, geographic location should have absolutely nothing to do with who you're hiring. We're in this very virtual world nowadays. We shouldn't be saying, I want to hire somebody in Cambridge because you're in Cambridge. It should be, excuse me, I want to hire the best person for this job 
period. I don't care where they are. And in this day and age, we're in, you know, we have the ability to be able to find that best person and to hire that person regardless of where they are in the world. So, you know, although, you know, outsourcing as a topic gets a little bit of a bad rap sometimes, particularly in countries like the United States and the UK, where so many big multinationals have obviously gone ahead and outsourced so much of their customer service offshore and all that kind of stuff. Um, outsourcing is not necessarily you know, uh, the image of taking your customer service team and relocating it to India. It doesn't work like that. Outsourcing has been around for decades, decades and decades. It's everything from having a company come in and manage your IT infrastructure in your office. That's outsourcing. You don't need to have an IT manager in your office every single minute of the day. You're just you're outsourcing it through a company that knows how to do it. You know, HR is another big one. A lot of people have been outsourcing the HR and their, their payroll and accounting and that sort of stuff for a long, long time as well. So, um, you know, I, I wrote the book to genuinely help you know, particularly stressed out, overworked small business owners, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, freelancers, people building a business based around them and their expertise. Um, and, uh, you know, to help them alleviate some of that kind of stress and, and, you know, bring a little calm to the entrepreneurial storm, I think was the wording I used. I wrote the book five years ago, man. It's hard to remember it now. <laughs> so, you know, and, and you're, you're definitely preaching to the choir. And I, I know a lot of people listening to this are, are in that exact spot. They're small business owners, they're entrepreneurs, they're thinking about starting a business and it's, they're trying to figure out how to best manage their time. So if you were giving somebody some guidelines, some basic guidelines that they should think about in terms of, one, how do they find these virtual people? And two, what are some of the ways that they can bring someone in? Or, or I guess a better way of asking that, what are some of the main mistakes that people often make when they first bring in virtual staff? And how do you avoid those pitfalls? Well, I mean, I think the big mistake, I mean, there's, two, there's actually two cardinal errors that people make over and over and over again. The first one is hiring one person and expecting them to do three people's jobs, four people's jobs, five people's jobs. Uh, you know, I often say you have to hire for the role, not for the task. Now, for some smaller business owners, this is tough because obviously they, they might not have the budget to hire three people to do three people's jobs. So I get it completely. I understand why it's an attractive you know, opportunity to try and get, you know, one person to do several people's jobs. But ultimately, it just doesn't work out. You know, I mean, if you want to build a house, you wouldn't get your plumber to do your electrics or you wouldn't get your, you know, your bricklayer to, you know, your foundation architect or whatever to do your roofing. It just, it, it wouldn't work. Your house would fall down. So um, hire for the role, not for the task. That's the first cardinal error. People thinking that one person's going to do everything for them. I call it the uh, the super VA uh, and the myth of the super VA. So that's the first thing. The second thing is expecting to be able to pop that pill and all the troubles to just go away and for, for their new virtual assistant to work perfectly from day one. Uh, there is no magic pill, period, uh, particularly when it comes to manpower. And so, you know, you must make sure that you spend some time bringing them on board properly, training them properly, immersing them in your company culture, or if it's just you, your personal culture and what you stand for, um, and helping them understand how to do the job well. It's not just about a skill set. It's also about a mind 
set as well. And so I think it's incredibly important that employers, regardless of whether they're hiring people physically to sit in, in, in an office or you know on the other side of the world, I think it's very important for employers to appreciate and understand that you know your employee is only going to be as good as the employer. And so, you know, popping that pill and expecting everything to work perfectly, that's a, another big cardinal error that you want to try and avoid. They're the two biggies right there. Like, like huge. That's, you know, heart disease and diabetes right there. <laughs> They're the two big killers. And where would you recommend that people find, go, who, are, who have never hired a VA, where do they go find VAs? Well, obviously, I mean, look, I'm a little biased on this, as you well know, because I, I do own and operate a business that helps people do just that. So it, look, if you're ready for a full-time or even a part-time virtual assistant, then you should check out our company. We've been doing it for over a decade. We've placed over 6,000 VAs in that period of time. And the website is virtualstafffinder.com. That's it. Now, that's only full-time or part-time. We don't do kind of people that you only need for five hours or one job or you know a project, for example. That's not our bag at all. So... Um, with that in mind, uh, you know there are other places you can go to. You know, Odesk or uh, Elance, or I think now now they've merged, and I think they call themselves. Um, God, I've forgotten what it is now. It's been a while. Um, it's some ridiculous name. Like I don't even know <laughs> what what branding consultant they hired. I've got no idea, but it's nowhere close to either Odesk or Elance. But they made a baby, and it wasn't a good looking baby. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But they'll, they'll get the job done. You know, there are other companies, there are other websites out there like freelancer.com is another very good website for people that you just want, you know, maybe you just need your show notes written once a week um, if you're a podcast. And maybe you've got, you know, 50 articles that you need created with keywords in mind. You know, freelancer.com, brilliant. Absolutely fantastic for that sort of type of stuff. So, but there are a whole bunch of those a whole bunch of those kind of job posting websites out there. And if that's all you need done, then just go that way. Uh, but if you want to hire somebody and bring them on board as a member of staff, as a team member, then Virtual Staff Finder is a pretty good place for you to stop on your journey. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. And I want to transition and spend a few minutes talking about your latest book, Rise of the Youpreneur. So talk to us a little bit about that book and what somebody can expect to learn from it when they read it. Yeah, look, I mean, this came about, I mean, it's, it's almost a year now since you've launched that book. Uh, but this came about just like virtual freedom. It, it was a gap in the market. It was written based on my own personal kind of adventures and experience. And uh, for, for you know the last eight, nine years online, I've worked very hard to build up my own personal brand. And you know, I get speaking gigs, I've got book deals out of it, I've got you know massive, ridiculous consulting gigs out of it, stuff that I never would have thought would have come my way. And yet they did because of the fact that I consciously 
put the effort behind building a personal brand and being known as a quote-unquote expert in my niche, right? So um, Rise of the Youpreneur, is, it is what it is. It's the definitive guide to building the business of you. So if you are a content creator, if you are an expert or a leader in your industry, an author, a speaker, a blogger, a podcaster, anyone building a business based around themselves, their expertise, their personality, and ultimately the people that they want to serve, that's who this book serves. That's who this book was written for. And uh, you know, it's broken up into three main sections. There's building, marketing, and then monetization. So if you've been at it for a while, you don't need the building section. Skip the first 70-odd pages. You don't need to read them. You know what I mean? It's kind of choose your own adventure almost. Remember that book series back in the day? Yeah, I sure do. Absolutely. So it it kind of is. You know, you you go to the section that you need help with right now. And it's very, it's, it's, it's also a pretty personal business book as business books go. Um, there's a lot of personal stories in there from everything from you know visiting a Disney park for the first time and crying my eyes out as I left because my children were so happy, you know, right the way down to you know talking about you know Star Wars and all the other bits and pieces in my life. And I, I sit here in a Star Wars hoodie as as I record this. Um, but no, I mean just it's a pretty personal book, man. Like, there's a lot of personal stories in there because it's about your personal brand, and it's important that people see that transparency and that, that, that you know they can build up that trust with you. For people who are listening to this and they're just starting their business and they're on that journey, so they're they're in that first part of the adventure. What are a couple tips you would give people for honing in on what their brand identity should be, and then moving forward to? Yeah, look, the, the biggest mistake people make when it comes to building a business based around their personal brand is that they try and fit themselves as the square peg into the round hole. They try and serve up something that they think their market needs or wants. And that's not the way to build the business of you. And um, the whole point is that it's actually okay to get really, really bloody selfish here. Like I want people to get as selfish as they possibly can when it comes to this idea. Because we spend a lot of time, quote unquote, at work um, in our lives. And if you're not happy doing what you're doing when you're at work, then that's a lot of your life that you're going to be an unhappy individual. Um, And so that personal brand element for me it all comes down to defining who you are and what you want to do. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, understanding who you are, what you know, how you can help people is at the very, very beginning of that entire journey. So we do what we call, we talk about in the book, we call it the, um, the, the, the self-assessment test where you kind of get a piece of paper and you write a line down the middle of it. And anybody listening or watching this can, can easily do this either as we're going through this or you know, after they're done listening. You get a piece of paper and draw a line down the middle. And on one side, you're going to write what I call the flatter yourself list. And uh, this is a list, funnily enough, people have no problems filling up that left side of the piece of paper, as you can probably understand, right? So it's flat. It's time to flatter yourself. All the stuff that you excel at, all the stuff that you exude, all the stuff that you're great at, you put that on that, page, on that part of the page. On the other side, there's that flip side of the coin. And I call this the um, keep it real list. So this is where you have to beat yourself up a little bit, actually, funnily enough. 
this happens a little slower than the first list. Um, as with most type, you know, type A entrepreneurs, we think we're amazing at everything, right? But that's not the reality. And so on that second part of the page, you write all the things that you struggle with, all the things you don't like doing, all the things that as the entrepreneur that you are, you feel you should not be doing. And then you don't worry about any of it. Because I'm, I'm a big believer. You know how you get a lot of people that say things like, oh, you want to... You want to focus on your weaknesses, you know, turn your weaknesses into your strengths. I call BS on that, to be very honest with you. I, I, I think that's the stuff, that's the exact stuff that you should be delegating and outsourcing and offloading. Do what you're great at, because if you're struggling to try and build up a strength in a particular field or task, you know, set or whatever it is, you're not going to be a happy person. Do what you're great at. Do what makes you happy. Do what makes you smile. And um, that's what I do. That's the flatter yourself list and the keep it real list. That's the self-assessment that everyone should do. And uh, that's where your kind of business of you journey begins. Perfect. And so now we're on this journey and we, we're moving into phase two, which is the marketing. And very brief, high-level tip says, you know, how do you get started doing that once you've established your brand? Yeah, look, in, in, in this day and age, it's all down to content, man. I mean, you've got to do what you're doing right here. You, you, you consistently publish high-value, original, value-based content to a you know, group of individuals that you know that you can help and inspire plain and simple. That's how you market your personal brand. So whether it's through a podcast, whether it's through a video show on YouTube, whether it's through a blog, maybe it's just an email newsletter. You don't have to think outside of the box too far. Um, But generally sitting down and focusing on creating that valuable, original content on a very consistent basis. And the consistency is key because unless you're consistent, you will not become somebody's favorite. And that for us is the most important thing as personal brand entrepreneurs. Because I don't know about you, but I'm in a very competitive niche, just like you are, just like anybody else that's probably listening in. There are a gazillion different competitors out there. And the way to be able to stand out is actually not to be better at all. It's to be different. Being different is better than being better. Um, Sally Hogshead said that originally, and I always give her credit because it just sums up the personal brand entrepreneur perfectly. Um, and that's what we should be wanting to do. We should be wanting to be different so that we can stand out, so that we can become somebody's favorite. And in this day and age, like I said, it's that content. And the consistency is key. If you're not consistent, you won't be remembered. And if you're not remembered, you ain't going to become anybody's favorite. Makes total sense. And so... Now we're different. We're consistent. How do we start making money? Yeah, man, this is the good stuff, <laughs> right. right? So you know, and, and, and actually, you know, I'm I'm unashamedly biased for every entrepreneur on the planet. We should make money. Like we we, sh- we should all make as much money as we possibly can. Um, and I, you know, I say that it's actually not that hard. I know a lot of people are going to be listening to this and saying, "What are you talking about?" You idiot. It is hard to make money. It is a competitive world, et cetera, et cetera. That's your problem. That's a YP. My, that's not a my problem. That's a your problem, right? Like if you think like that, you'll never make any money. You'll never make any change. You'll never aspire, inspire anyone. So, you know, my, my big belief here is that actually you should try and make as much money as you can. And it is not hard to do it when you build the business of you. Because if you think of what we've already done, we've established ourselves as an expert in our niche. 
We've built a brand based around our strengths, not our weaknesses. So now we're shining, baby, right? Now we've already got to the point of marketing ourselves. We've built up a decent email list. We've got a good following on our content. People are already looking towards us as an expert in our industry, an expert in our field. Now it comes down to ultimately solving problems that they are experiencing. And if you solve problems in the right manner and you provide those solutions in the right medium, then you are blessed to be able to put a price tag on them. And it doesn't matter whether it's a digital course that they download or whether it's one-on-one consulting or coaching, or maybe it's a product that you're going to create and mail to them. Possibly it's a live event that you're going to organize that somebody's going to attend. It doesn't matter what it is. Ultimately, it's about making sure that you're solving people's problems in the right way. And as I always say, you have to charge what you're worth. If you've been in an industry for 10 or 15 years, there are people out there that are going to be more than happy to pay very nicely to download that experience from your brain and directly deposit it into their own. So again, you know, depending on what medium it is that you're selling and how you're selling it and what the touch point is, you know, you you go ahead and price up, you know, accordingly. You might sell a digital downloadable course. Let's say you are somebody who helps people um, you know, set their goals and work through their goals as an entrepreneur. You know, if that's a digital downloadable course, maybe you're selling it for five hundred dollars, for example. But if you're working with somebody one on one in person, doing the exact same course but like this over a period of one entire day in their presence and it's just you and them, then hell, that's 10 grand right there, baby. You know what I mean? So it depends on, 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 on how you want to, you know, you actually want to package your knowledge, but there are many, many different ways to be able to do it. And we go into, I think uh, there's a, I think there's like 13 different ways or something in the book that we, uh, that we discuss. I love that. And I know that you also have, we mentioned this in the very beginning, the Upreneur Summit, which takes place every November in the UK. Tell us about that. Yeah, this was, uh, man, this was a long time coming. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so um, some some people might know my backstory. Some people, probably the majority of people won't. But I've, I've been based over in the Philippines for 18 years. Um, just came back to the UK in 2018. And kind of, I've been running events for almost a decade for entrepreneurs uh, all over the world. And we, we, we decided pretty early on that our flagship event was going to be born it was going to be in London, my hometown. And uh, we wanted actually to hit the ground running in 2018 when we returned. So we actually did it for the first time in 2017. And it sold out four months before the event took place. We had 400 people from 37 countries around the world attend. And it was a massive, massive success. Last year, we did the same thing. Again, it sold out. Uh, we hold it at the Queen Elizabeth Convention Center, right opposite Westminster Abbey. So you can appreciate it. it's a big tourist spot. People come in again from all over the world, and um, you know it, it's just a great weekend where we bring in expert speakers from all around the world. Uh, this year we have JJ Virgin keynoting. We have um, Hal Elrod keynoting. We have Phil Jones keynoting. Who else have we got? You know, I'm going to start missing out speakers now. They're going to be upset with me. But we've got, I can just say, we've got a freaking incredible speaking lineup this year. Without a doubt, the best speaker lineup that we've ever had at any event that I've ever put on. And um, we're very, very excited. And the entire weekend is based around that build, market, monetize strategy. And uh, it's a game changer for anybody that's there. 
I love it. And we're going to have links to that, of course, in the Daily Helping Notes and in the, the app as well. Chris, we're, we're at time and I have loved this conversation as, as I knew it was going to be fantastic. Uh, as you know, I wrap up all my episodes by asking my guests a single question. And that question is, what is your biggest help in the single most important piece of information you'd like people to walk away with after hearing our chat today? You know, it goes back to Zig. Um, and, and I talk about him a lot on stage and, and the influences he had on me. His pro- I mean, he's got a, you know, a gazillion great quotes, but his most important one, I think, and the most kind of quoted quote is, you can have everything in life that you want as long as you help as many other people out there get what they want in life. I'm paraphrasing a bit, but it's basically along that. And I think that is so, so true. It doesn't matter what it is that you're doing. You can be a Hollywood movie star or a reporter at the local newspaper or anything in between. And I think that you can genuinely have anything that you want in life as long as you're just a helpful person and you help people get what they want. If you do that, everything in your life is going to be so much more enjoyable. It really is. Perfect. I love that. Chris, where can people find you? Well, you know, I wouldn't be a personal brand entrepreneur if I didn't have my own domain name, right? So chrisducker.com <laughs> is probably the best place. If anybody's interested in the summit and attending, they can go to youpreneursummit.com as well. Perfect. Again, for everybody listening, we're going to have everything that's Chris Ducker in the show notes and at the Daily Helping app. Chris, thanks so much for coming on today. I absolutely loved this interview. It was all my pleasure. I was also looking forward to it and it was uh, great to sit down with you, man. Perfect. And I want to thank each and every one of you who chose to listen to this episode. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a five-star review because this is what helps other people find the podcast. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. <laughs>